Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. My name is Mosea again, and we are talking about love. <clears throat> this is episode two of our Rise Above series. Rise Above, Rise Above. Last time we were talking about uh, the fact that this affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and greater and eternal weight of glory. And now today, we are talking about love, the kind of love that lifts, the kind of love that lifts, the kind of love that does not go away, the kind of love that sticks with you in, in the good times and in the bad times. And guess what? Jesus' love is that kind of love. Amen. And nothing can separate us from his love. Father, thank you for your word. Even as we get into it, open the, our hearts, open our minds. May we uh, receive beyond the words that we hear. May we receive your love and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I don't know which school you went to. When we were in primary school, uh, being caned was a way of life. <laughs> and so you had to do everything within your power to reduce the number of opportunities to be caned. In fact, if you went through a week without being caned, you were doing really well because there was always something. Marks in class, method of sweeping, late for something, the legs are not clean enough as you line up for food, something. Now, one of the worst things you could do is get into a fight. Yeah. So we never fought in the classroom because the staff room was within hearing distance. If you started fighting in the classroom, you were going to be brought to the staff room and you were going to be caned badly. So we had some sort of gentleman's agreement that if people were beefing against each other and wanted to fight, you immediately agreed that this thing will be settled after class hours. And there was a place behind house one those who went to me primary know where house one is. And in the evening at five o'clock, when you went behind house one, you'd find all sorts of groups which had disagreements in different classrooms during that day. And now they had come to settle the matter. So punches would be thrown. It is, and you know, the safe thing about fighting behind house one is that eventually, if you are being pummeled or pounded too much, Someone who knew you would come in and help out. So it mattered who was on your side. Okay? The writer says in Romans 8, 31, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So because of this particular concept, some people who really you knew couldn't win a fight also picked fights. 
because of who was with them. Now, can you imagine yourself behind house one and God is in your corner? Yeah. It doesn't matter which class the guy is in who is against you. Amen. Now, friends, it's easy to take scriptures like this for granted and read over them quickly and not notice that he is actually saying that God is for us. You see, when things like what's going on now, pandemic, people dying, economic hardships, it's easy to start wondering which side God is. Is God on the side of the pandemic? Did he bring it? Is he teaching us a lesson? You see, when you're not established theologically, those are questions you consider and perhaps even come to certain conclusions that are not healthy as far as your relationship with God is concerned. But the writer says, if God is for us, in other words, God is for me. God is in my corner. And I found out too long ago that you and God, me and God, we are a majority. If I am with God, it doesn't matter how many people are against me. He says, if God is for us, who? It's like, he's asking, like, who, who would be out of their mind to be against us? Who would go behind house one to fight with me, knowing that God is for me? Hallelujah. I need you to settle it in your heart that God is for you. James chapter 1 verses 12 to 17 clarifies some things that probably you've been asking yourself whether you've verbalized it or not. He says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Verse 13 says, let no one say when he is tempted. So that's why I had to read the first one the first part to see the root of this saying blessed is the man who endures temptation you see when you first read verse 12 and says you're blessed first of all that's also a fact if you endure temptation if you can face hardship and go through it you are a blessed person now can you imagine to have the word blessed and temptation in the same sentence yeah no one can imagine that you can put those two words together blessed temptation Blessed hardship, blessed sickness, blessed loss. Because we don't associate blessing with those kind of things. Now, the issue then becomes, when I say blessed is the man when he has temptation, God thinks, oh, you mean so God wants to bless me so he brings temptation. And so verse 13 clarifies it. He says, let no one say when he's tempted, even though when he endures he's blessed, but let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. Let no one say when he falls sick that it is the Lord who has brought the sickness. Let no one say when he experiences loss that the Lord is orchestrating the loss. Never mind. Let no, <laughs> let no answer whatever is going on I want you to know it is not the Lord it is not the Lord the Lord is not the one who brought COVID COVID was created by people <clears throat> and don't ask me for my scientific citations I'm a preacher not a researcher 
But let no one say when he's tempted. You see, it's so human for us to figure out how to mix up our lives or get, and then we start asking God about it. You first cut all the trees, then you wonder, God, what has happened to the rain? Am I making sense? You refuse to give your wife Kameza. You don't take them out. You don't buy them any gift. And then you are praying to God about your crappy marriage. No, look. You got yourself there. <clears throat> so let's stop blaming God for the things we bring upon ourselves. The good thing with God is big enough to take it. We accuse God is the most accused being in the universe. I guess that's what you get for, for, for being that influential. <clears throat> and then if you want to succeed in any area of your life, you, you know, I was thinking about it actually this morning, that if you have not been falsely accused yet, you are not yet really living. Yeah, yeah. Your life, you, you know you're going somewhere when you start hearing stories about you which surprise you. That's when you'll be like, wow, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I'm having influence. Someone said that if you don't want to be criticized, be nothing, say nothing. No, he said, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. You will not be criticized. Yeah. Just don't, just be totally average, actually below average. No one will ever criticize you. Yeah, but when people start writing things about you and saying things about you that even you, you wonder how you could have done that kind of stuff, you know you're headed somewhere. You're having impact. And Womack said, if you've never run into the devil, you're probably moving in the same direction. You know, every dead fish swims downstream. So God is, as, God is more, much more accused than you. That's what it takes to, to, to have influence and power. So let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. You see, when you went and slept with that girl, it wasn't God. Verse next. It says, but each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Next verse. Next verse. Then when desire has conceived. Do you know desire conceives? You see, sin doesn't come in fruit form. Sin, sin comes in seed form. Yeah, you just don't wake up and you're under the blanket with a warm body. No, it starts as a thought, a consideration. Okay. Maybe let me talk about something else. Sin comes in seed form. Yeah. Whatever the sin is. Fear, whatever the sin is. You see, there are some socially acceptable sins like fear. It comes in seed form, then you consider the matter, then you let it inside, you conceive it, and then it grows What's that season called? Gestation. Sin needs gestation period. You're working on it. You're funding it. You're budgeting for it. <laughs> You're pondering on it. And then it gives birth. 
desire gives birth to sin. I discovered that sin is conceived in the emotions. That's why spiritual maturity is the ability to operate above emotions. Because there's desire. Desire is an emotion. Desire is not a decision. Desire is not a well thought through thing. Desire is an emotion. And it conceives and gives birth to sin. And sin when it is full grown. In other words, sin grows. Brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Next verse. In other words, you can be. And this is to the, the beloved brethren, moreover. The beloved brethren can be deceived. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation. In others, it doesn't change, change. Today brings healing, tomorrow it brings COVID. No. With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Hallelujah. We are exploring the idea that if God is for us, who can be against us? I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what kind of sickness you're facing. I don't know what condition you're facing. I don't know what the economy in your house looks like. I don't know what your marriage is like right now, now that you've spent three weeks together. There is no room for escape, or very little. I don't know what it is, but I want you to know that all that heavy stuff is on one side and you are on one side with God. And when you put your weight and God's weight together, you'll outweigh that stuff. Total confusion starts to happen when you think the heavy stuff on the other side that is pulling you down, God is with it. No, he's not. Let's, let's look at James 1.13 in the Passion Translation. He says, when you're tempted, don't ever say God is tempting me. For God is incapable of being tempted by evil and he is never the source of temptation. Amen. So one, God is for us. Two, he asks the question, who can be against us? You know, there's that song they sang a lot in one of the revivals in Uganda. Who can stand against the Lord? No one can. No one will. Who can stand against the King? No one can. No one will. Oh, 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 victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. Now, here's the thing. Why are they saying who can stand against the Lord? It's like whoever stands against you. Let's say there's a, a ring. There's a fight about to happen. You're this side. And that other stuff is this side. Principally the devil. God is this side on your side. It means that whoever is standing against God is standing against you. Because the Bible says you're hidden in Christ in God. 
Proverbs 21.30 is a very interesting verse I read the other day and I've been reflecting on, a bit, uh, on it a bit. It says, there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. Ma, 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 ma. Ay, ay, ay. If God is on my side, it means that there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against Mose. <laughs> you can put your name. I like the personalized version of the scriptures. Can you imagine? There is no wisdom. Tell him again. Or understanding. Tell him together. Or counsel. Tell him Which is against the Lord, which is against me because God is on my side. Like, it doesn't matter. People can sit down and craft all sorts of plans to do evil. Whether those are human beings or demons, whatever, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. If God is for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Behind house one? Are you behind house one? If you find yourself behind house one, just look around and you'll see on your 10 o'clock <laughs> right there is the Lord with you. Amen. Verse 32 goes ahead to tell us a little bit more. He says that he who did not spare his own son, yeah, but delivered him up for us, or how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He's asking a good question. He's like, first of all, he's on your side. Now, if he's on your side, he comes with certain resources. God is not one of those people who move around without resources. He comes with his own resources. Amen. <laughs> when he gave Christ, he gave all. All. There is nothing bigger than giving Christ. As I say, this divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. If you know him, if you received Jesus, you've received everything. You see, this will change your prayer life. You see, the problem we pray badly is because we don't have a spiritual perspective. We have a kind of perspective. So we are asking for things we should be giving thanks for. Because you want to first sit in the physical, you don't know that you have already got it in the spiritual. All the healing you want is in your spirit. All the money you want is in your spirit. Sorry to offend those who don't like money. All the joy you want is in your spirit. All the peace you want is in your spirit. All the wisdom you want is in your spirit. And all you need to do is start giving thanks, recognize it. Philemon verse 6 says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledgement of every good thing in you which is in Christ Jesus. What are the good things in you because of your relationship with Jesus? Are you acknowledging them? Or are you walking around behaving like you have nothing? That's why it says that to him who has more will be given and to him who doesn't have even the little he has will be taken away from him because he does not know that he has it. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you're listening. Yeah. All things. If he gave Jesus what is a pair of jeans? What is a plot of land? What is wisdom? What is peace? 
You got everything. Amen. Amen. You know, when, some give, when someone gives you certain things, you, you take it for granted there are certain other things that will not be too hard for them to give you. The first car I ever drove, I remember this good friend, he's a reverend. We used to go to the same church. He calls me on a Monday and says, God told me to give you my car. Please come and pick it tomorrow. It was a Nissan Prisia. They are not common. That car was fast. I will never die in a car accident. I will never. Because if I, if I manage to finish the phase of Nissan Prisia with only one accident, then really. <laughs> yeah. We went the next day and collected the car. Now, in my mind, I concluded that this guy loves me. Yeah. You how many people have given you cars? I just knew he loved because God so loved the world that he gave, not that he took. For those for those young ladies who think that someone loves you because he wants to sleep with you. Yeah. It doesn't say God so loved that he took. They're about to take away your purity from you and you think it's called love. Just saying, you know, when you're a pastor, you have to preach about everything that pertains to life and godliness. Yeah. If someone wants to sleep with you without a covenant, they don't love you. Yeah. They are lusting after you. And there's a story in the Bible where some guy really lusted after a girl and he says that after he slept with her, he hated her more than he had loved her. He, the hatred was more than the love. I fear. So you can be there thinking they love you. They are going to hate you. Remember, sin is conceived in the emotions. So I was telling you about the guy who gave me a car. Now, every time he moved to another country, and every time we go to that country, we go to his home and we stay there because we know we are loved. And, and you see, if someone does for you something, if someone gives you a house, for example, you can bet that they are willing to give you a bottle of Brago. Yeah, sanitizer, yeah. <laughs> way, way, eh? <laughs> a house versus Brago. Brago is very good sanitizer, but a house versus Brago. <laughs> like, you would be confused, totally confused, if you think the guy is really holding tightly onto his Brago after giving you a house. Yeah, that, that level of confusion exists in the church. Because God, having given the best gift in Christ, people are there suspicious of his motives. 
No, my friend. There is nothing you will withhold from you. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you enjoying this message? <laughs> Verse 33 to 34, back to Romans. So he says, uh, so he says he's, first of all, he's for us. In other words, whoever wants to be against us is out of their mind. Now, too, because he's for us, he moves around with these resources. He has already give them, given them to us. Okay. Then he gets into a very interesting theological thing here where he says, what shall, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. I need to demonstrate this. So I'm going to invite talent and bless all. Now, one of you is not going to be in a good light, so come knowing that. Yeah. So let's say I'm the subject. Uh -huh. You, you are wearing black, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's say this is God. I, I know it can be hard to imagine, but it's, it's true. And this is the one who is against us. I will not say, this is a demonstration. Even in the example, it's not good. It doesn't even work, but someone has to play a role. And this is a man who, who is the righteousness of God. So he is able to play the role. So let's say, here I am. Yeah? I've already been given assurance. So, on the other side, they are throwing at me COVID. Uh, what? Lack. Sadness. Confusion. Which one? Joblessness. Uh, maybe your, your, your wife is like the 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 dripping on the roof after a rainy day. <laughs> yaka is making, you know that, did you know that your yaka meter is not supposed to make any sound? <laughs> when you hear your yaka meter making sound, it's not a good thing. You know, it's interesting. Someone actually said they thought that it's supposed to be like that. That it's supposed to make that sound. Because for them, it always made that sound. In other words, they always had less than five units on the air commuter. They just thought that that's how it is. So it goes through, they put 5K. It goes through, they put 5K. My friend, silence the thing. So let's say this is God. God is for us. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. We have overcome. Yeah. We have overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. Which side is he? This side. This side. 
and he has resources. And he says, who can be against us? Like even the other guy looks at you, then you just get out of there and say, you want to fight? Deal with him. Yeah. Now, the other thing he says, that he gave everything. Okay? He who did not spare his own, but gave him up for all of us. How shall he not give, give us all things? So he's eliminating the confusion as to which side is the pandemic and which side are you? And on which side is God? God is on your side, not the pandemic side. If you think God is on the pandemic side, you don't even know how to pray. Because it means if you are praying against the pandemic, you are praying against God. Hallelujah. Is there people who are organizing themselves, whatever we did, God forgive us, take away this pandemic. What? No, look, it, don't get confused. Evil exists in the world and we human beings work hard to perpetuate it. But it's not God. Even Job thought it was God who brought that stuff and later on he finds out he was wrong. Anyway, so he says something else. So let's say God is here on your side. And for him, you know, he's Father, Son, and what? Holy Spirit. All are on your side. He hasn't divided himself and say, Holy Spirit, go on their side of the... No, no, no. Now, the thing he starts saying, that verse, next, next verse, 34, 33, 34. He says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who is the accuser? You see, when you think that the person on your side is the one accusing you, you see, that's why people struggle in their marriages. The girl married you. The girl left her parents' home and came to live with you. It produced children. What does good to you? Now you think that she's against you. Think. Just because she made a comment of 30 seconds, you want that to nullify 10 years of being on your side. And on the other hand, the boy, whichever way you want to look at it. You see, when you are emotional, you lose your capacity to reason. You can't even see very obvious things. By the time someone takes a risk to leave the house where they grew up all their lives to come and live with you, it means they are are for you. Whatever is going on is just a disagreement that you need to work out. And if you fail to work it out, find some older, wiser people who have been arguing a little longer than you (laughs) and have worked through much more serious disagreements than yours to help you. It's It's so funny how people settle for a bad marriage when when there are people with worse stuff than you who are enjoying their marriage. For me, that's, that's what shocked me when we started Fireplace. We used to think we were, ours was the worst, and then you would hear the things people are laughing about. They're like, eh? This is, why are you laughing? You shouldn't be laughing. But they were laughing. So if, who, who, if, God, if God is for us, if God has given all the resources to us, how can then he become the accuser? Who shall bring a charge against it is God who justifies and says next verse, next verse who is he who condemns the guy fighting the other guy on your behalf can't be the one now condemning you 
He says, it's Christ who died. Furthermore, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Intercession there is like who, who argues our case. Now, when the judge is your dad, why would he take you to court? When the judge is your dad, why would he take you to court? When your counsel, your advocate, your lawyer is also your brother, who rescued you from the fight, why would he sue you for the fight? Gentlemen, you can see. The judge wants his own son and then preside over the case. Your advocate wants you then turn up to defend you. Those who have good lawyers. Now can you imagine your lawyer sues you and then he's also your defense lawyer. It doesn't work. The lawyer can only be on one side. Defendant or or, or, or comp- yeah. But people have put Jesus in both categories as the accused and the accuser. Revelation 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God, before our God. Now, God can't be the accuser when the accuser is accusing before God. He says he has been cast down. That's the devil. Diablo. Prosecutor in chief has been cast down. You see, the devil is so bad. He can steal your bag and then accuse you of not protecting it enough. Hmm. He snatch your bag and then you start condemning yourself. Why did you come with it? Why didn't you hold it tighter? What? They just stole your back. John 16, 8 to 11 says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. This is Jesus. And of righteousness and of judgment. And people get confused about these things. He says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Conviction of sin is to those who don't believe. That sin is not believing in Jesus. You see, all the lousy things you've done in life will never take you to hell. The only thing that's going to take you to hell is refusing the payment for the lousy things you've done in life. I'll repeat that for someone watching this morning. You see, even those going to heaven have done lousy things. <laughs> it's just that they've accepted the payment. <laughs> All the lousy things you've done in life will never take you to hell. What will take you to hell is refusing the payment for the lousy things you've done in life. All the heaven-bound brethren, brothers and sisters are lousy. They've done lousy stuff, but somehow they are going. Because they have accepted the payment 
of sin because they do not believe in me. If you are not a believer in Jesus, you are being convicted of sin right now as I preach. Because the Holy Spirit is going through this microphone and coming to your screen, to your television, to your phone, to your laptop, telling you, why have you not accepted Jesus? Do you think you're going to live forever? We are in the middle of COVID. People who were not planning to die, died. Death is a surprise for every human being. If you, in case you are there thinking that for you, organize yourself for it. Everyone who died got surprised that they died. <laughs> Better get used to that. It's going to come as a surprise when it comes. Of sin because I do not believe. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Now he's addressing the disciples. If you are a disciple of Jesus, if you are a believer in Jesus, guess what? The Holy Spirit is always convicting you of righteousness. I wish people knew this. Because people think the Holy Spirit just convicts everyone of sin. Hey, you sin, you sin, you sin. You. Like all these dudes here on stage, they are being convicted right now of righteousness. The whole time. You are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. You are the right. And everything that pertains to righteousness. Do you know that, the, the, did you know that, that if you are truly saved, the, the Holy Spirit convicts you of, of being wealthy? No. Because that's related to righteousness. It's like, you, you, are, you, are, you are rich. You're wealthy. Don't behave like a poor person. He convicts everything related to righteousness. He convicts you of, 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 of righteousness. He says, you are right. Don't behave like a sinner. Don't, don't talk to that person. Don't go to that place. You, you are the righteousness of God. You shouldn't be. There are things that are not, that are beneath you. That's how he convicts you of righteousness. Because you are the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians 5.21 says that we are the righteousness of God. He convicts you of health. Every time you are there starting to agree with the sickness, says, don't, don't agree with the sickness. By my stripes you are healed. I feel like I'm casting out demons right now. He convicts you of righteousness. Every time you're about to make that snide remark to your wife, says, I don't, don't say that. Your mouth is a well of life. The Bible says there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the mouth of the wise does what? Promotes health. Does your mouth promote health? You, you're right here. So he's like, Prom health, health, promote health. Of righteousness, because I go to my father, and you see me no more, and the accuser is going to try and accuse you. So, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to counter the accuser. <laughs> Every time the devil comes, says you're fake. Oh, no, no, don't believe him. You're not fake. Open Psalm one thirty nine. You're not fake. Then you open Psalm 139. Oh, and then you see what God thinks about you. 
The Bible says, how great are your thoughts toward me, O God. How, how great is the sum of them. Hallelujah. And then it says, of what? Where are we? Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit has a threefold ministry. To the non-believer, he convicts sin. Which sin? You haven't believed in Jesus yet. Believe in Jesus. Believe. To the believer, he convicts of righteousness. You are righteous. You are rich. You are wise. You are you're peaceful. You are full of patience. You are full of joy. You are full of this. That, the whole time, that's a ministry of the Holy Spirit. You are wealthy. And then to the devil, your day is coming. Your day is coming. Your day is coming. Because he knows he's judged. That's why he wants to take as many people as possible with him. He can't bear to stand alone on, before the judgment seat. Are there people still here? And it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or whatever these things represent in your language. What, who shall separate us? Temptation? COVID? Loss? Lack? Pain? Hate? Haters? <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Famine, lack of food in your house in this season. Nakedness, you just don't have the right clothing. It's raining this morning where we are. Peril, that's sickness of all kinds. Including pandemics like COVID. Sword, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, not outside of these things. In all these things, we are more than God. Like, how can you be more than a conqueror when you are in peril, when you're facing the sword, when you're facing sickness, when you're facing COVID? Well, how can you say your mother? He says, in all these things, in the thing, when we are in the thing, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. What our, our perspective of Him as the one who loves us. He's not against us. He's not behind the pandemic. He's not behind the lack. He's not behind the poverty. He's not behind the lack of food in your house. He's not. He is on the other side. He's on the solution side. He's not abandoned us. The presence of trouble doesn't mean the absence of God. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. That's why it says, Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you. Are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then he finishes, verse 38, 39. I'm going to invite Pastor Bithri and Pastor Angel to come. For I'm persuaded. Ha. Woo. Give me some, give me Romans 8, 38. I am. Ladies, 
neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Persuaded means convinced, confident, definite, certain. Pastor Bitt, you come and tell me about persuaded. Do you get persuaded on the first time of investigation? <laughs> no. Does the word persuasion mean, I had some rumor there. Boom, 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 boom. But there is diamond in Charles Wajala, and then you are persuaded. <laughs> no. And actually, no, I have first have doubts. Uh -huh. How about you? What, what is, does persuasion mean? I didn't believe you. Then you told me again. We are not hearing you now. We... Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Energy, energy. Energy, energy. I'm persuaded. So persuasion <laughs> means you told me. Then I'm like, are you sure? Then you told me again. Then, then How long evidence. did you date? Uh, did Dr. Emma date you? <laughs> Ah, you, must have been sure, a hard, you must have been a very tough uh, pursuit. But yeah. yeah, because I remember observing those days and I was wondering, <laughs> this brother is really suffering. But uh -huh. it's true. I don't remember, actually. It was so long, you don't remember. You I got married in. Was it two days? No. <laughs> it wasn't. It was was it two weeks? No. Maybe five years. <laughs> like was it? Two. Like two years. Two years. Yeah. From first contact to two years to marriage to no. wedding was two years. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, did he just like send you a text? No. And then spent two years to come back and say we married. No. We broke up a couple of times in there. Mhm. Mm yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, no. Broke up a couple of times. What? Yeah. But by the time you walked down the aisle, yeah. you were uh -huh. what? Uh, uh, you were what? Persuaded. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's persuasion. It's like I have considered all available options to the question on the table is God for me or not? I've investigated the history of it, the geography of it, the chemistry of it, the biology of it. What else? The accounting of it. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. The economics. Like economics of it. Hey. I have looked at the thing from every direction trying to figure out where is the loophole in this preposition. Guy mm. writes the final report. I've done my investigation. Yeah. For those who take dating seriously, you've asked the guy's friends. Yes. You've checked out their family. Yes. You've checked out their work place, work ethic. Does this guy come to work? Because the guy might be showing you an ID. Ghanai doesn't work there. Like so, the way some people might be doing at the roadblocks right now in this <laughs> season. That's why if an idea like this. Wow. Don't I need to finish this, someone? 
like, you've checked out the guy's workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says he works at IHK. Okay, it's yeah. true. Uh, parents, he says he has how many siblings? Yeah. You've checked, they have the number. You say, he says he's a doctor. Uh-huh. You check people who were in medical school. Yeah. The years. You say, you're a doctor. What year were you in medical school? <laughs> you find out all your friends were in medical school. Was this guy in, was he in class? Did he graduate? He gra- you, you, you vesty guy! But you know some people, they don't do that. They just jump in bed. Then they find out the next day that they are sleeping with a, a, a criminal. Oh, gosh. <laughs> a criminal. <laughs> so you investigate wow. and you get persuaded. Yes. And then you're like, I will marry you. Yes. You see, that's why it says, Neither things present nor things to come. You see, when you decide to marry someone, it's a hundred percent things to come. Yes, completely. Yes. And Paul says, I've looked at this whole subject and I have come to the conclusion that the way God loves us, there is nothing, whether nice and pleasant or dark and deathly that can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Pastor B3. Wow. You know, you're watching right now and Apostle is talking about being convinced that nothing can separate you from the love of God. But you're living a life separated from that love. Separated from the knowledge of a loving father a loving God who can carry you through storm and high moments, that he is the same and therefore your life becomes constant because he is constant and he's in charge. And we want to invite you this morning to make a decision to become connected to this love that we are talking about, a love that endures, a love that endures. Look, there is nothing too big to scare away the love of God. There's no sin too big. There's no bad decision that you've made before that's too big. You don't need to clean up. You are loved as you are in spite of. In fact, if you say, when you say yes to him today, when you say yes, all the burden of your sin is left with him and he gives you a fresh start. And he'll never bring it up again, past, present, and future. Not only the ones you bring today, but any other mistake that you'll ever make is covered by the one who is for you and not against you. You want God on your side. He's always been there. But can you join him on his side and say yes to him and get away from the other side of bondage today? Right now, the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. You feel a conviction, a deep conviction. You're saying, today, I need to say yes to this love. Today, I need to connect with the love of a father. Today, I need to let go of all this pain and this shame and this rejection and everything I've carried. And Jesus is right there knocking at the door of your heart. Will you open? it today. Listen, I just want you to do something very simple. I'd like you to put your hand up if you want to say, you who wants to say yes to Jesus today. Yes, you do. Do not be afraid. Do not be scared whether you're alone or there are people around you. This is the biggest moment of your life. Just put that hand up right now. 
and the rest of you, wherever you are, why don't you pray in the spirit right now as God looses people from chains of bondage. And for you who is saying yes to Jesus, I want you to pray a very simple prayer after me because you're just saying you believe in Jesus, that he forgives your sins today and you receive a new life. So pray this prayer after me. Go ahead, put that hand up. I see you, you're still afraid. Just put it up and make that decision. Today is the best day for your salvation. You don't need to go and do that thing you are planning and then come back. No. God is able to rescue you. Put your hand up. Yes, go ahead. Jesus sees those hands and pray this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, today I come. I leave the burden of my sin at your cross today. I believe you're my savior. I believe I am born again. I am free from all sin today. And I am loved. I am forgiven. I am a child of God. I am born again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are born again. Do not let any other voice convince you. From this moment on, the Holy Spirit convicts you of righteousness. There's a number that I'd like you to send a message to, to let us know that you've said yes to Jesus. That number is 0775 Send us a message and let us know. Now listen, there's a few people today, Apostle kept teaching and there's something that kept coming through. One, you've not been living the way Jesus has called you to live in a relationship. Okay? You've fallen into temptation and into sexual sin and God wants you to be restored today. He's convicting you of righteousness. And some of you, it's out of fear. You think that if you say no to the way that is not of God, that God will not be able to give you the thing you desire, but he wants you to say no to the enemy and embrace his way, his way of love. And if that's you right now, just go ahead and speak to Jesus. And I'd like you to take a decision, okay? In the book of James, he says, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. I want you to reach out to someone maybe your missional leader or your huddle leader or your location pastor and they will not judge you they will simply pray with you that you may be healed and walk with you a journey of restoration let them know that I have been struggling in this area and I know God is calling me to a life of purity and to trust him in that area of my life God wants to restore you just say yes today in Jesus name God loves you and he wants to heal you today. He is on your side. He is on your side. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And right now we condemn sickness. We condemn sickness in the name of Jesus. There's someone who's in pain. You have pain in your whole body and you do not know what's going on. And you've actually said, God, what have I done? You've done nothing. <laughs> I command pain to go away from your body right now. I command you to get up and walk. Get up and walk. You've been, you've been curled up in pain. I command you to get up and walk right now in the name of Jesus. There's someone having again pain, but it's ab abdominal pain just down here and, and, and you're bent over. I command that pain to go. There's a, there's, an, there's a lie you're believing that there's something wrong, wrong with your womb, but you are well. You are well in the name of Jesus. Jesus. God today is dealing with sight issues. 
there's someone who in this week you started to lose your sight and there was something grainy coming over your eyes. I command you to open your eyes right now and see. Amen. You've been watching the broadcast but you had put the, 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 the phone or something aside because you couldn't see well and you decided you'll just listen. You are planning to go and get eye drops today. God is healing you. God is restoring your sight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Open your eyes. You're going to look at the screen. You're going to be able to see me clearly. God is restoring your sight. Someone else, God is covering you. He is covering you. You are covered. You are covered. You are covered. You are covered. He loves you. He's taking care of you and you are covered. You are covered. There's someone else that needs to go and just talk to Jesus and say sorry. And just say sorry. There's no punishment for you. Just go and restore. You've built a wall because you think that God is pushing you away. Just, just, just go and say sorry. He loves you. He's waiting for you. God loves you. Amen. I speak creative miracles right now. Amen. Creative miracles right now. Organs recreated in the name of Jesus. People have lost a usage of part of your body through things like strokes and other sicknesses. In the name of Jesus, we speak life to every with that part of your body to come alive right now. You shall have a testimony. Start practicing it now. Start pulling it out now. Start trying it now. God is more than able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Thank you, Father. Those who have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just receive that right now. If you've never spoken in tongues, just start speaking. Open your mouth and speak. The Holy Spirit will give you utterance. Start speaking whatever language you want in thanksgiving. The Holy Spirit will give you utterance. Thank you, Father. So, friends, God bless you. May He cause His face to shine on you and give you peace, abundance of peace, shalom, wellness, nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing lacking. That will be your testimony. He will open the right doors for you and close the doors that seem to, seek to bring you harm. Yes, we speak a, a hedge, a hedge of protection around you as the royal person that God has begotten for himself. May that be your experience. Wisdom, power, love. In Jesus' name, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. And forever. Amen. Amen. Have fun. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Share this link with all your folks. Let them tune in whatever time they can. And let them be encouraged by this message. Amen. That God is on our side. Amen. We love you and God bless you so much. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.